All right, let's go Joe Flacco Award. This is for a 35-plus-year-old guy. Uh, in six days, it's his birthday. He turns 36. It's Matt Stafford. Yeah, I was thinking about going chalky too, because how could you not? I mean, like the four thousand yards. The guy was incredible. Yeah. And when you talk again, when you talk to quarterbacks that have played a long time, if you ask them, "How's Matt Stafford going to play?" I asked Jay Cutler, and Jay was like, "Oh, he'll play for like another five years. He's got a jugs machine on his shoulder." Crazy like, to have that ability. I guess it's like being Daryl Green. You can play till you're thirty-eight at corner or whatever, or forty. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Toyota and the brand new Toyota Tacoma. Next week, we'll be broadcasting from the NFL Media Center in Las Vegas from the most badass set in all of Radio Row. That's right, the all new 2024 Toyota Tacoma with its trail dominating power, legendary capability and captivating style is arriving in dealerships. And it's arriving at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas as we are helping Toyota launch the all new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. That's right. It's going to be right next to me. You'll be able to see the all new best selling midsize pickup in America featured on the Greenlight podcast set recorded from the Tacoma Content Studio. The all new Toyota Tacoma dares you to come out and play. The all new 2024 Toyota Tacoma, the most powerful Tacoma ever, is your chance to experience trail dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style. It's time to make your off-roading dreams come true. With the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, a truck that's tough on the trail and easy on the eyes, electrifying power, maximum torque, the all-new Toyota Tacoma is the most powerful Tacoma ever. Toyota, the official automotive partner of the NFL. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Cowboy As we start Super Bowl week, we have a little season recap show for you. Chris, Macon, and Bad Bat Backy all talk 2023 season-long awards. We made up a few of these awards, but we're going to talk best offensive and defensive performances. We're going to give out a few coordinator awards, some coaching awards, best color commentator award, a little Joe Flacco for the best player of the age of 35, and a few others that came to mind for us. Then we also talk our mentions. We're going to give out season-long mentions, our best flights, worst flights, Bevel Conway's best and worst seats. We're going to give out all of them for a season, have a little fun with it. To kick things off, Chris is going to break down the week. We are going to be in Vegas, so the upload schedule is going to be a little different. Make sure you check out the Greenlight YouTube channel for the most updated content release. Probably the end of every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're going to have an audio upload for you. But we'll keep you updated. Stay tuned. We'll see you when we see you. Much love. All right, it's Sunday night. Not much to say, fellas. Uh, figured we'd pop on, set the show up, and tell people what to expect this week. What do you think? A big, wild week from us at the Super Bowl. Uh, last year, I think we went out, Matt and I were just talking, we went out like midweek. Um, we And this week, five full days in Vegas. 
five wild and wonderful days of us at Radio Row uh, hanging out with uh, the Toyota folks. So you guys are, are getting there tomorrow, yeah? Scott and I are as, heading... As in, as in today for the people listening. But yeah. you, you and Scott are getting there tomorrow, Yeah, which means you're going to be there Monday through Saturday. Yep. And then the rest of us are getting there Tuesday evening. Yep. Okay. And, and do you think we're going to be hurting to the degree that we were last year or worse? Oh, way worse. You I, think I worse? Think, well, Matt was saying that uh, it's a two-night two rule right in Vegas. Yeah, Generally. two, three night, like 36 yeah. hour. Yeah, we're 30, doubling 72 that. 72 hour. You guys are doubling it. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to do four nights, so we'll see We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, the pod drops might just be at different times. That's the bottom line with the time change and, and the time that we're going to be on the Toyota set. There was just no way to get you guys pods in a timely, regular fashion. So these things are going to be coming out later in the afternoon on Wednesday and on Friday. So just keep your eyes peeled. And we might have some stuff for you on Thursday too, but also check out the Greenlight YouTube channel. We'll have plenty of uh, guest interviews popping up there, and then we'll kind of throw out a recap uh, at the end of each day. So keep keep an eye out. Go to the Greenlight YouTube channel first throughout the day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you'll catch our... uh, our audio drops uh, later on each one of those days. Guys, did you watch the Grammys? Not much. No, I I caught like uh, highlights on social media. I'll fill you guys in real quick. So, fucking Trevor Noah was hosting it, and uh, I don't care for Trevor Noah like that. But I was able to sit through the fucking Grammys. Okay, message all the alphas that can't watch Taylor Swift. Taylor did win a Grammy. Her 13th, she was quick to point out. That Taylor Swift, when she's in her element, you could tell she's that deal. And she runs the show. Like, it was crazy because I have no Taylor Swift experience outside of Travis Kelsey's suite. And, like, immediately when she took the stage, I was like, oh, yeah, she's the head honcho here. And, And she was like, Casey Musgraves just did a commercial. It looked like a campaign commercial mixed with a cologne ad. I was like, why is Casey Musgraves riding a horse barefoot on the beach? Is this Aqua de Joe? Nah, she's coming out with a new album. So drama ensues, I'm assuming, because it come out of commercial and Casey Musgraves just announced her record, probably paid God knows how much. It was like a Super Bowl commercial, Casey Musgraves album. Comes out and Taylor Swift wins a Grammy and announces She's like, I've been keeping a secret for y'all for two years. And I'm just like, I have no fucking clue what it is. People are like, oh, my God, I know what it is. I'm like, no, I really just tell me. What is it? She got a new album coming out. Alpha move. Yep. So it was a good watch. Uh, my kids viewing party. First time I think they saw Dua Lipa perform. I'm watching them over there. I'm sitting in the kitchen. And uh, my father-in-law and them are sitting in there. And I'm like... Who's the most locked in here? <laughs> I mean, my kids were just, uh, the necks were stiff. <laughs> they were leaning in. They really liked the performance. Uh, and I had to stand in the kitchen with my uh, wife and mother-in-law and act like I didn't want to steal look at the television. <laughs> you know, the whole dilemma. I saw you live tweeting the uh, In Memoriam. Oh, see, I, I was. Okay. I don't know how to talk about this, Matt, but I have to bring it up. I know some people are going to get mad that I'm even bringing it up, but I'm just going to pose the question. We're, we're critically thinking here. There was a geopolitical statement made during In Memoriam. 
And I totally get it. These are serious issues. And, you know, I don't like the guy who's like, keep your politics out of sports. I just thought like funerals and in memoriam. I'm not even saying I agree or disagree. Not making any statement either way. I'm just wondering, are we green lighting political statements during in memoriams? Because I'm trying to mourn the um, the engineering coordinator at the jazz festival who passed away this year. And I got to think about serious shit. I got Stevie Wonder and Tony Bennett doing a duet. Stevie Wonder has no idea where that voice is coming from. <laughs> do you, hey, do you guys know this? That there is a conspiracy, and I do prescribe to this conspiracy that that Stevie Wonder is at least partially not blind. Shaq yeah. this, right? Yeah, okay. Shaq, Shaq said he was on the elevator with him, and and Stevie went and dapped him up and hit his hand, no problem, and walked on the elevator, I think, without knowing who it was and said, what up, Shaq? Yeah, well, we missed our fucking chance here because this would have been the perfect opportunity. Stevie's just up there playing piano. Have somebody rush the stage naked. Does his head move? We could know once and for all, but we're afraid to find out. And if I were Stevie Wonder, it, honestly, I'm not coming at the man because he's a legend. Um, when I was a kid, I used to be able to imitate him when I was a little kid. I used to watch him. I used to be fixated on Stevie Wonder on TV. Um. But, you know, it's a great caper if you can pull that off to pretend like you can't see because everybody knows life is easier in sunglasses. Honestly, I want to pass the Stevie Wonder law in 2024, which is sunglasses are acceptable everywhere. Chad Johnson is the type of guy who can walk into a room, any room with sunglasses on. Nobody asks a fucking question. Some people have sunglass privilege. Where they can do it just it just makes it just works for them. And I don't have that. I would love to have that. Um hey, last thing is this on the Grammys. You didn't ask for a Grammys breakdown. Um Luke Combs was up there performing, had a suit on and everything. It was awesome. Just seems like a great guy. I know Kyle's a huge fan of Luke Combs. He kind of turned me on to Luke Combs. Uh saw him when he was on a college game day and he seemed fucking awesome, you know, like, like, Oh, this guy isn't totally full of himself. Seems cool. Uh, and talk about a room full of some people who seem to be in fantasy land, the Grammys, but Luke Combs is a real motherfucker. And he's talking about Tracy Chapman and fast car and how influential that song was to him as it was to anybody who grew up, in or around the 90s. Talk about nostalgia. It's like 10 milligrams to the dome when you hear Fast Car. Um, they come out of his interview where he's kind of setting this thing up. And you know he's going to take the stage and presumably, I guess, sing Fast Car. And at some point, I'm pretty sure like 70% of America found out that Tracy Chapman was on stage with him. And I got to say, like, in my living room, in your living room, in anybody's living room who was watching the Grammys last night, you probably got really charged up because Tracy Chapman was on the fucking screen. She looked great. She sounded great. Who doesn't like Tracy Chapman? And it begs the question, who wouldn't take a long, hard look at Chapman Combs on a ticket? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just saying this is where my head went. I was like, fuck, dude, these two. They're a lot younger. These two altruistic motherfuckers. <laughs> they could run the country. You know? 
Um, all right, cool. So anyways, speaking of nostalgia and like things from my childhood, Carl Weathers did, did pass away. Uh, everybody knows that this weekend, he's the type of famous dude that when, when, um, when he moves on to the upper room, everybody knows about it. He is somebody to everybody, right? Like to Nate in the chat, he was like, I didn't know Apollo Creed was also Chubbs. You know, so there's some aha moments for people that are like, I, and there's also people that just realized that Carl Weathers played for the Raiders, like professionally. There's some people that found out this weekend because he passed away that he was a great football player too. He played for San Diego State. I was watching him talk to um, like a class or kind of doing a TED talk at San Diego State just like 10 months ago. I was just looking at YouTube interviews because I've always loved Carl Weathers, but you know, when somebody dies, I like to give them a solid day of, you know, I like to listen to them talk and see what they were about, like dig a little deeper. And the guy just struck me as such a humble person and such a, such a smart jock. Like, and that's why I think it was a secret weapon getting into Hollywood was, you know, he had the athletic background. And if you know anything about the Rocky movies, I read that, uh, he got the, he got the role by being honest, by being an asshole to Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, I guess, wrote the movie, right, Matt? Stop me when I'm wrong, but yeah, Stallone no, wrote right. the movie? Yeah. Okay, Stallone and, and wrote Carl the movie. And Carl Weathers is, like, absolutely 100% believable as a boxer, and Apollo Creed is, like, an all-time incredible, iconic role, especially in, like, Rocky Three, Eye of the Tiger. He might make the movie. And Stallone said it today on Instagram, if there's no Apollo Creed, there's no Rocky. But honestly, the story of him getting that that role was... Stallone was doing a, a read with him. And at this point, I don't think Carl knows that Stallone is presumably going to play Rocky. And it's just not going well. And there's like an awkward silence when when they finish delivering the lines. And Carl's like, well, if they could get a real actor here, <laughs> you know, like this fucking guy is a stiff. Uh, and Stallone loved it. Stallone like loved, loved his presence, but I think also like that he was willing to challenge him. And uh, I don't know, my dad had been around him a little bit from time to time. I always spoke really highly of him. But when you talk about a guy who, you know, there's certain people you can just look in their eyes and you know, they're good, honest people. One of the eyes being the window of the soul or whatever it is, but Carl Weathers, you just trusted him. He just was a trustworthy looking motherfucker, dude. And I mean that with the utmost reverence, I, I gotta say, he just, he just, every time I saw him do anything, he just conducted himself with class and he gave birth to maybe one of the most important uh, memes or or gifts of uh, of our century. I mean, of our generation. There's a bunch of kids that don't know Carl Weathers. There's people that don't know Carl Weathers from Rocky, and they know him from Happy Gilmore. That don't know him from The Predator, and then there's just people that know him as the huge jacked arm in the meme with Arnold Schwarzenegger, such an iconic movie. That's my favorite role of his. That, and uh, he had a deleted scene in Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Oh, I'd like to see that, Reed. Yeah. He, Can he you recover a, it? Yeah, it's on It's on YouTube. He's a military police officer. He could play, yeah. I mean, like, he's just... Predator was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. You know, a lot of people watched uh, certain age-appropriate things in their childhood, but I, I don't think my parents subscribe to that sort of thing so it was howard the duck and predator and terminator so you went yeah it's a good solid foundation predator 
Um, and rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Uh, awesome dude. Just a man's man. And he excelled in Hollywood. Hey, also, um, I just wanted to mention Jim Harbaugh talking about living in an RV. I don't know. You guys know this. Uh, it's like a fantasy of mine, honestly. Starting a nuclear family is it's an awesome thing. But there are shortcomings. One of the shortcomings being that you can't go live in an RV. For me, at least, that's something that I think about often. No bullshit when I was in St. Louis. Not that I resented my now wife, but um, I certainly recognized the fact that she was the thing keeping me from accomplishing that goal. I wanted to, I honestly thought it would be cool to live in an RV in the parking lot. And that's Earth City. I mean, imagine Jim Harbaugh living in an RV in Los Angeles with palm trees in the parking lot and shit. Um, I think it's super cool. Follow your dreams, Jim. Live in an RV. Do it. Do it for Dan Campbell. Do it for me. Do it for all the other guys that all they would want for their 40th birthday, if their wife is listening, is a month in an RV. Don't get me anything. Don't take me anywhere. Just tell me I can leave in my RV for a month. This is me describing what my ideal 40th birthday would be. Honestly, it would. Just tell the kids I'm in the the, the National Guard. Make up something heroic. Every time I come back for like a day or two, it'll be like the ice cream truck. <laughs> Every guy should get, for their 40th birthday, a month in an RV. Oh my God, March 28th, March 29th, of course, because we'll celebrate as a family. And then they'll load me up in my uh, Class B uh, Thor. Smash a wins. bottle of champagne on the side as you drive away. No question, Reed. Yeah. No question. But I think Jim Harbaugh is, uh, is, is a renaissance man for that, and I appreciate him. Uh, talking about my wife today, guys, is the last thing I swear, and then we'll get into the awards, which we did the other day. Um, so her friends and her went on a, a spa day thing. You know about these? You will. One day you will. They called it spa in order. No shit. Why? I don't know. They're just being goofy as fuck. I'm imagining them getting pedicures with the dun 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 dun. <laughs> she brought home slippers. They said spa in order. <laughs> God, I hope they didn't have like CSI themed male strippers. That just hit me. Like a That's ton exactly of what I was just thinking. Fuck me, dude. I fell for the banana and the tailpipe. <laughs> just getting my nails done. All right. Here's your award show. And uh, you'll catch us at some point in Vegas. I don't know when. I can't tell you for sure. Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, knows football fans love a great game and a great deal. So we're tossing out a challenge and calling it Pick 6 for Slices and Sticks. If there's a pick six during Super Bowl 58, fans who accepted the challenge on our app will get free slices and sticks, period. We've partnered with NFL legend Derek Brooks of the Tampa Bay Bucks because he knows all about the pick six, having returned one during Super Bowl 37. That play led to a 44-yard touchdown and a win for the Buccaneers. So accept the challenge today and win some pizza. Commercials during the big you. games have become a huge deal. Let me tell you, during the big game, we almost pay 
as much attention to the advertisers as we do to the game itself. Instead of running one 30-second commercial during the big game this year, Miller Lite is running a thousand, literally. Friends, family members, random people walking down the street, Miller Lite is turning everyday fans into beer ads. On February 11th, fans will be running with Miller Lite jerseys on. Scan the QR code on the jersey, and you might just get a nice surprise. And that's what Miller Lite is here for, to make your football season taste like Miller time. When you're sitting around with your friends drinking a Miller Lite during those games, you know it's the right call. You know, fourth and three, what do we do? Third and nine. We drink a Miller Lite. Go ball, Patrick Mahomes. It It makes conversation and bonding with friends fun and easy. Miller Lite is the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession, the taste you can depend on, no games, no gimmicks, just great beer for people who like beer. And so... During the big game this year, if you want free Miller Lite, turn away from the TV, head to MillerLite.com slash running of the beer ads to learn more. And for your chance to get in on the $50,000 worth of beer money rewards, wow. And you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Awards. Okay, like these are going to be, I'll read you the awards. Okay, the greatest show on turf award. That's going to be the favorite offense that you watched this season. Uh, 85 Bears Award, Kev. Defense. Favorite defense you watched this season. The Bill Walsh Award, that goes to the top offensive coordinator. The Belichick Award goes to, ironically, goes to the top defensive coordinator. Uh, and then your favorite color analyst uh, or moment, that's from that's the John Madden Award. The Randy Moss Award is a is a contract year player that balled out. The Flacco Award is for an old guy that did work this year. The Slater Award is for uh, is for a special teams uh, player that 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 excelled. And then the Big Dick Nick Award goes to a backup quarterback that you really enjoyed watching this season. Okay, maybe I left that one out. Okay, okay, I can, you I got can, time. That's yeah, I got time. Okay, so first up, we got the greatest show on turf award. Make what you got. The Miami Dolphins, when it was good, specifically they win 70 to 20 over the Denver Broncos. A-Chan went for 200 plus. The Cheetah went for 150 plus. They ran for 350 and threw for 350. There was no waddle in that game, but Robbie Chosen went one for 68 in a touchdown. Now, Robbie Chosen, six foot three, 170 pounds. You don't often see that measurable no, that's a in the National for you. Football League. It is. Only offense that Averaged over 400 yards a game. I know it had its shortcomings. Yes. Um, when it was working, it was the best of San Francisco mixed with, well, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. When it did not matter, they were incredible. <laughs> just wait, like, I'm not even trying to. No, that's, that's, like, that's fair. When, when, when in games that, that you didn't, look at the opponent and say hey this is a big game or this is a good defense like they are i don't i still don't understand the delta between yeah their their play in situations where it's stressful and in situations where it's not because no not even the best offenses in history had games like they had against some of the some of the the, the mop-up duty type teams. and mostert was setting records and probably the number two back i mean when hn was healthy he they was were the guy Madden. yeah they really were uh, I, I, I went a different way. I, I went with like a single performance, but like I, I can give you three nominees and then I'll give you the winner. Flacco against Houston. Yep. That was a wow. Like him 
and and uh, Cooper played the most beautiful game of catch ever. Regular season. Yeah. Regular season game of catch. And it was. It was a game of catch. Like, it was like, I'm just going to throw you the ball again. They didn't have a kicker in that game, so they kept going for it on, like, fourth and eight. It was like, whoops, fuck, I'm not trying to run the score up. I just don't have a kicker. What do you want me to do? C.J. Stroud against the Bengals, that was his coming out party for me. Um, it felt like one of those moments where where you were like, okay, this guy's him. You know, and the fact that it was Joe Burrow, and I've said this before, he reminds me of Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow reminded me of Brady. Now, people at home who are who are simpletons don't understand the nuance in this conversation. I'm not saying that he's going to be Tom Brady. I'm not saying that he's. I think he's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, I'm not saying he's going to win six, seven championships. But what I am saying is they have some pocket traits that 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 are winning characteristics, like big time winning characteristics. Like we just heard Shane talking about CJ Stroud. And the one thing that he said that kind of perked my ears up, his eyes are downfield. You know, he's always, he's always able to fix his gaze on the secondary, on the, on the routes that are breaking in front of him without looking down at the rush and the pocket mobility, the stuff he does in the pocket's incredible. And that game was like a masterclass from a rookie quarterback in a stressful situation. That was a good defense and uh on the road the rams and the ravens watching the rams some of the rams touchdown drives this year were the the rams best touchdown drives were the prettiest drives i saw any team execute all season because of just the balls that matt stafford threw you know the 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 revelation that was puka nakua um you know reviving that run game like the balance when, when McVay has that run game it's as pretty an offense as there is to watch in the nfl and basically you were watching that historic offense that he had with jared goff with no shots at golf i count matthew stafford as a top five six quarterback even at this age he still got it and that was so fun to watch i'm going to give it to cj stroud I mean, yeah. that, I, I, I don't know that I had more fun watching a single player this year than I did that day and watching C.J. Stroud. Yeah, it's uh, in talking to Shane Steichen, it's almost like uh, a topic you should bring up, but you're kind of scared to because it's, um, uh-oh. It's a real oh shit thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, I took the job, the conference looks a certain way, and nah, right. if I'm going to be successful here, I'm going to have to butt heads with this guy in perpetuity. Yeah. I mean, so he's the guy. Let's go 85 Bears. I went Browns week one against Cincy. And I know Joe might not have been 100%, but the Browns held that offense to 142 yards. Joe only threw for 82, had those receivers out there. The Bengals were two of 15 on third down. They had six first downs and 2.6 yards per play. Boy. And it was Miles Garrett, it was Big Z, it was JOK. That secondary, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Grant Delpit, Juan Thornhill, Rodney McLeod, just flying around and being being mean out there. Mean. Led by Jim Schwartz. And that's when it was like, well, yeah, I'd like to have Deshaun out there, but it might not matter. We're going to be in every and, single and game. And maybe they're historically good. Yeah. That's before we caught on the whole road home split thing and you know, before they got thumped in the playoffs. This is a long time ago, but they did look incredible in that spot. And I had Browns at home noted here because when they're at home, they were incredible. But I want to go with the Montez Sweat Bears, okay? Mm. Because when they made the trade for Montez Sweat, a lot of people laughed at him. I think the guy's a really good player. 
you could you could question trading for him without getting the deal done for a couple of days because you were worried about that. And there was that moment where like, are the Bears huge idiots? Like, did they not think about you know next year and beyond and gave up capital for this guy? But when he showed up, they were 28th in EPA. And then the back half of the season, they were sixth. I can't attribute it purely to one player, but it also goes to show why that position is so valuable. Because if you have an elite guy out there, that's the difference that he can make. And it, it bared out in the numbers and it bared out watching them. It was like unlocking all the, the positives that they had that you really couldn't see because they couldn't get pressure. Hit us with favorite OC, the Bill Walsh Award. Uh, okay, it's it's. I mean, this is kind of chalky, but it's O'Connell, Stefanski, Slowick, and really, it comes down to for me, O'Connell and Stefanski. I don't know what's more impressive, right? Because they both, they both did such a good job cycling through quarterbacks, and I I, I want to say Stefanski because of the sheer number of guys that he had success with and won games with. I also know that he has that dynamic offensive line. And, you know, there's so much you can do to cover up weaknesses in your offense if you're a great scheme guy and you have an offensive line like that. I think what Kevin O'Connell did was incredible. And I know that Cleveland doesn't have a Justin Jefferson. I get that. But I'm just a huge fan of this guy. I think he's he's got it all. And uh, and I, I watching the Josh Dobbs thing, you know, watching him make switches to Nick Mullins and and you know Jaron Hall, even though that was a little bit curious, and they sputtered down the stretch. But I feel like with Kevin O'Connell at the helm, they're going to be dangerous next year and beyond. And I want to give him a nod. He won't win Coach of the Year. Kevin Stefanski might win Coach of the Year, but I think uh, watching Kevin O'Connell work, I really enjoy that offense. The big chunks that they—it's kind of like what do you enjoy watching more? And there are similarities in the offenses, but the big chunks that they would break off and in play action, even with like a Nick Mullins, like I was just so impressed by watching them go toe to toe with Detroit and all these teams late in the season with less than perfect quarterbacks. Yeah. I went Joe Brady yeah. when he took over in mid November bills were five and five. They went six and one after he did scoring 27 points a game with wins over Kansas city playing in the super bowl, yep. Dallas, the new England defense and Miami and maybe it is easier to be the the guy after the guy to tell Josh Allen just to go run. Yeah. But they were a 500 team. He changed that. I would also, and the and you might want to circle back to Joe. Shout out Ben Johnson, who a lot of people laughed at the Jameer Gibbs pick at 12 yeah. or whatever it was. And Brad some Holmes making the pick. Yeah, and some people thought Sam Laporta was not the tight end to take, and yeah. and he integrated those two rookies into the offense seamlessly and. Amon Ra got his. David Montgomery was just solid as the day is long. And Jared looked like a, a top 10 quarterback. Speaking of that, I don't know if we call it like the Ozzie Newsome Award or something, but I would give it to Nick yeah. Casario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I, it's so interesting to me that somebody comes from New England where you think like, well, they haven't screamed high level personnel uh, moves over the past uh, five to seven years. And you wonder how much of it was him and how much of it was Bill. The, the caper that they pulled off was incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, just incredible. So want to shout out Nick. Let's go, uh, let's go defensive coordinator. For me, it's easy. It's Spags. Okay. It really is easy for me. I've said I said all year I thought that you could argue they were the best defense in the league. And one of those situations where like I know the raw numbers don't support it. 
And I know there's a shiny object over here with Baltimore and there's Cleveland, but I know for sure Cleveland's not because I, I see the things that manifested late in the year. I got more pushback on the Baltimore thing. I totally understand. But in the biggest stage um, with the most on the line, this guy has you know, repeatedly proven himself. And, and I just love their style of play. I love watching him be resourceful. And I said this to Spags when he was on the show. It's like, you probably had two plans for the season when Chris Jones was holding out, sitting up there with his agents. Uh, you had one plan and then you, 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 thank God you got Chris Jones back. But when you've got two great cover guys outside and you've got Chris Jones in the middle and you've got that linebacking core, <coughs> it's a lot of fun to watch. They also had to replace a talented young safety. They had to play for stretches without Nick Bolton. Um, they had to, to win the – if you'd have told me they were going to win the AFC Championship with Willie Gay down, I don't even know if I'd have believed it. You know, I, I put the bet in and then Willie with the neck, he's not up and I'm worried about spying Lamar and the whole thing. His pressures – his playing zone behind it, his giving you different looks, the disguises. And I interviewed Eric Reed on Inside the NFL this week with Ryan. Eric, I, you know, Eric pointed something out that I think should not get lost. Like coordinators are not just great because they have great schemes. They're great because they have they're they're great teachers. And that's the word that keeps getting used when you hear Spags talked about. You know, like you have to be able to teach the scheme. He obviously does it at a high level. I went Joe Barry because the cat refused to get fired. Yep. And then they go and win six of their last eight, get into the playoffs, and you look up and Dallas has seven points at halftime of the wild card game. I mean, that unit. You just gave it to a guy who got fired. That unit got it into gear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it 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 just, it uh, he was everybody's favorite punching bag for the majority yeah. of the year. And he's a good guy. People like Joe. I like Joe. I hope he winds up on his feet somewhere and they hired the guy from bc jeff halfley yeah. another guy they probably got tired of nil um but joe's a guy who's well liked and it was tough for me to say the things i said this year which are like i just don't trust this defense at times like some of the the structures that they played in some of these big spots well it was it was bad and then they turn it around they turn it around and and kept that offense in games uh, favorite color analyst uh, or favorite color analyst moment the john madden award i'm going to give it to uh to uh, Tom Pelissero, who said to uh, <laughs> mistakenly to Mike Garofolo, um, he was talking about Justin Tucker kicking a 60 yard field goal. And he meant to say banging a 60 yard field goal. And he said banging 60 year olds. Yeah, banging a 60 year old. Wait, yep. Did you see Justin Tucker banging a 60 year old? The other one for me was, I forget who it was, but he, he said uh, to Maurice Jones Drew, he's like, He's like, uh, can they ride the D? Yeah, yeah. And we had a we had like a whoa moment on on air. I don't have a particular favorite call, <laughs> but the, the best is the best is whoever was talking to him goes defense, defense. <laughs> like, yeah. like MJD gave him the pause uh -huh. look and, mm -hmm. he, and defense. defense. Yeah. I can fix the problem. Yeah. Uh, I want to say this: Greg Olson just got supplanted by Tom Brady, which is like. You know, it's not even getting Wally pipped. It's just that Tom decides he wants to do something. He's going to – any job Tom Brady wants pretty much, he's going to get it. You know, like if he wants to be uh, Meg's husband, that probably <laughs> could happen. You know what no, I mean? Like, no way. You know, you know what I mean. It's, he, he's good-looking. He's talented. He's he, – I don't know how it goes when he's in the booth, but I will say this. Greg Olson's one of my favorites 
period. And I know some people don't like Greg. I've read that online. Surprise, you can find negativity on almost any subject online. There's, I think, far more people that that crave the real football intel yeah. when you're watching a game. And, you know, some people prefer somebody cartoonish or somebody who's not going to give you that stuff and dumb it down. But I prefer the guy who tells me the truth and is not sensational calling the game. And I think Greg is terrific. And I don't know what he's going to do next year. Maybe he can work for Greenlight. Uh but he was awesome. I think you can do a lot worse than being the number two guy, ask for a raise, and just wait for the next big job to open up. Yeah, take a year off like Bill. Well, no, just go back to the number two crew. Yeah, go back to the two crew and then you we'll eyes, be. more reps, more money. Be a wait. coordinator. Yeah. You know, I also want to mention Al Michaels. Ah. Okay. Because Al Michaels was so relatable. I mean, even the great Al Michaels could not stomach some of these games. It's just it took it's it, it was just one too many Thursday night rock fights for this guy. And at a certain point, Al Michaels, much like Joe Barry, everybody wanted his head. I thought he finished extremely strong once the news came out that he wasn't going to get the what was it the Super Bowl or something. They were like, Al Michaels, you're not on the. I think ball. NBC said no for the playoffs. For the yeah. playoffs, and uh, I think once that 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 bit of news got to Al Michaels, he really tried to turn it around down the stretch. He's coachable. You know, he took the message and he finished strong. I still cannot believe that Al Michaels doesn't have somebody in his life who wouldn't tell him. To eat a vegetable? To, guy, you're saying the word meanwhile every fifth word. <laughs> it drove me crazy. Really? I would have to mute it. Haven't heard it once. Everything was meanwhile. You're, you're OCD. Meanwhile, it's third down and six. Yeah, I've never... Meanwhile, heard, quarterback never takes the Never even registered. It's wild. The thing that registers for me is the guy's never never eaten a vegetable. Yeah, that, that also is something... How is he, he alive? Says. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I like to be able to rely on things, and we're big fans of the Garrett family, yeah? Yeah. But I, I, I took great offense to to being told that I sound exactly like Jason Garrett. I know, I heard that. And therefore, I give my little award here to to Chris Collinsworth because that Sunday night when Garrett, was unannounced, in yeah. was in the booth, I yeah. was like, ah, oh, screw Yeah. This is not what I was anticipating. And then the... Kind of work? No, not the greatest listen. Oh, really? Yeah, and then everybody's saying, hey, that's you. <laughs> that's pretty bad. <laughs> you on TV. Yeah, when I saw that in the mentions, I, I wanted to retweet it, but I was like, uh. Yeah. Um, the Randy Moss Award. Let's give that to a, a free agent that cashed in. I'm giving it to Baker Mayfield. Okay. Talk about the ultimate bargain. In the game where everybody spends the most money, um, This would I would liken it to like Costa Rica winning a world war. You know, like <laughs> Costa Rica has no military. The name of the game around the world is like, how big and bad can your military be? How many nuclear weapons do you have? What's the budget? Well, Costa Rica doesn't even have a military. They're like, we're not going to spend any money on that. It's kind of like what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. They spent $4 million on Baker Mayfield. There are plenty of other choices they could have made. And for Baker to stick the landing on that thing and get a year like he got, even though Dave Canales is leaving and it might never be the same, or maybe he revives his career. It was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. So glad he's going to get paid again. Um, he can move out of the stadium or wherever he lives now and get himself a flat. I'm going to go Mike Evans. Yeah. 
I might go two cats here if I may. Mike Evans, 1,255 yards, 13 TDs. And Jacoby Brissett, can I read you this line? Yeah. In a contract year for age 31, Jacoby Brissett, 18 of 23, 224 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, big old ass. That's a hell of a year for Jacoby yeah. Brissett. Yeah. Like you don't get seen a whole lot. No. And when you are, are out there, the ball doesn't He hit always the looks pretty good when he's out there. Yeah. He looks like a guy that can run the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's going to be a popular backup pick in free agency, I would He's stuck imagine. in that cycle for forever. I yeah. thought you would have said Legereus Sneed. He's going to get paid. Yeah. Legereus Sneed. I mean, obviously, if I gave out an award to my, my favorite player of the 2023 season, it'd be him. Every time he was around the ball, he made something big happen. And you know what? I just like his attitude. He's kind of got that D-line attitude where he's jamming the shit out of Tyreek Hill. He's bullying Jalen Waddell. He's he's punking guys on the Ravens. Like, he is that dude, man. And I, I hope he gets paid, and I hope it's Philly. I hope Kansas – I hope Brett Veach doesn't like the guy. All right, let's go Joe Flacco Award. This is for a 35-plus-year-old guy. Uh, in six days, it's his birthday. He turns 36. It's Matt Stafford. Yeah, I was thinking about going chalky too, because how could you not? I mean, like the guy 4, was yards. The guy was incredible. Yeah. And when you talk, again, when you talk to quarterbacks that have played a long time, if you ask them, how's Matt Stafford going to play? I asked Jay Cutler, and Jay was like, oh, he'll play for like another five years. He's got a jugs machine on his shoulder. Crazy. Like, to have that ability, I guess it's like being Daryl Green. You can play till you're. 38 at corner or whatever, or 40. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give it to Jason Peters because I think there's a big segment of the population, even in the cities that he played and is beloved, that did not know he was still playing football. Like, had no idea. Every once in a while, you turn on a Seattle Seahawks game and you're like, where's Abe Lucas? Here's 41-year-old Jason Peters playing a position that nobody in their right mind is going to play into their 40s. Jackie Slater did it. Okay, but Jackie Slater was like a gazelle, okay? Fucking Jason Peters is a rhinoceros, and he played into his 40s. He continues to, to play another hand at the blackjack table. He's so now 42. 42 years old. 6'4", 328. Jason 42 Peters. years old, dude. Crazy. Basically Nolan Ryan out there. He's like an F-650 with a million miles on it. The Matt Slater Award, uh -huh. outstanding special teamer. Uh-huh. This is easy for me. This is this is chalky for me. It's it's Brandon Aubrey. You the, love that Brandon Aubrey. The, the guy with the the smoothest leg swing in the history of ball. Until Kevin Burkhart jinxed him. He did jinx the fuck out of him. He, he Almost cost us the cover. Yeah. Bookended his season with misses. It was just it was a it was a beautiful season for Brandon Aubrey. So I, I guess I guess I'll give it to Xavier Gibson, uh, the punt returner for the Jets. And it was a long time ago, but week one, returning that that yeah. punt against the the Buffalo Bills, I could argue that since Rex, Rex Ryan, that was the most hope that Jets fans had in a single moment ever since Rex, since Rex Ryan and Squanch. Okay, Squanch is of course Mark Sanchez. When he returned that punt, it was like, wait, we were supposed to lose this game. Mm -hmm. Like this is what happens. And if you consider your most hopeful moment comes within four hours of the thing that made you infinitely hopeful going up in flames in Aaron Rodgers, it is the sickest joke that was ever played on the Jets to win that opener and for Xavier Gibson to run that ball back. I mean, 
What a moment. It only lasted one night, but to be a Jets fan that night had to be pretty cool. No doubt. And we're going to give an award out to a backup quarterback. Yeah, Big Dick Nick Award. BDN. For me, it's not it, – I, I don't – I'm not quick to 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 – to to give a compliment to a Virginia Tech Hokie. But it's the year Tommy DeVito, and this Tyrod Taylor comes in, and he just wins games, scores points. Calls audibles at the one-yard line. So reliable. That wasn't so hot. 25 points. At, by the way, scoring 25 points. pick late in one of those games late, too? In consecutive weeks. I had very little time to prepare for this oh, particular okay. part. And uh, give Joe Barry the coordinator of the year. And uh, I stand behind that one. Yeah, he scored. Tyrod scored twenty five points in consecutive weeks. That's hard to do. Against no Eagles and the Rams, and then beat the Eagles in Week eighteen. If I was going to make up an award for Tyrod, it would be like the I am equally empathetic and admiring of you. Yeah, because I really do admire the guy. I think he's an incredible presence in the locker room you can tell like people trust him people love him he's a good football player he's not the best quarterback but he's got to give you a chance to win and on, on on the other side of the coin i just feel bad for him because you know like from getting a shot in the lungs yes to um you know the 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 scene at the end of the buffalo game the the philly game late in the year that's the one i think i was remembering uh where where he made a big mistake I can't remember which game it was, but you were like, here we are again. This guy's got bad luck. He just has bad luck. I'll give it to – there's one Darren of Darren Hall, come on. No, there's a couple guys here. There's Flacco, right? But I almost feel like you knew the guy's like a Hall of Famer, borderline Hall of Famer, and if he'd have been in that offense his whole career, he'd probably already been in the Hall of Fame. What about the Josh Dobbs experience? So Josh Dobbs is on my list. I'm going to give it to Josh Dobbs. That Atlanta game, although I was on the wrong side of that bet, and you were on the right side of it with the locks, and I felt it was so unfair because if Jaron Hall had played that <laughs> full game, if we, I, I'd have money in my pocket. Um, but Josh there was, Dobbs, there was oh money, right? Locks. Josh Josh Dobbs was incredible for a run. It was you know the astronaut thing. You'll you'll never forget that. These little chapters in in NFL history where you're like, yeah, I remember that. I remember the Josh Dobbs year. Um, and then he just disappeared. He disappeared like some, like some, uh, like a, like a, an, an asteroid or some sort of space bound projectile. Mm. He was just gone, dude. A shooting and star. He was a shooting star. He really was. But I, I, I would like to, I would like to give a separate award, uh, called the Jeremy Lin Award for a guy who had a great run in New York mm. that was, that was fleeting. And that, and that's Tommy Cutlets. Yeah. I think he owned, the heart of the nation just because of the the size of the market for for a period and coincidentally and kind of fortunately he happened to be italian and there's a lot of italian you know quite marketable yeah, yeah. how quickly we forget uh tyson bagent it really was the year of the backup quarterback it was dude i mean uh from zach wilson and trevor simeon we had some bailey zappy this year don't forget jake browning that guy's a baller jake browning was a baller you mentioned joe who was in pittsburgh we had we had mitch mason and we had mason i mean almost it, it was incredible it's a it violent incredible. sport it we speaks to the, the quality of the the product on the field so those are our awards congratulations to the award winners and now we get into the moments. Thanks to Toyota and the brand new Toyota Tacoma, 
Next week, we'll be broadcasting from the NFL Media Center in Las Vegas from the most badass set in all of Radio Row. That's right, the all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma with its trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style is arriving in dealerships. And it's arriving at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas as we are helping Toyota launch the all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. That's right. It's going to be right next to me. You'll be able to see the all-new best-selling midsize pickup in America featured on the Greenlight podcast set recorded from the Tacoma Content Studio. The all-new Toyota Tacoma dares you to come out and play. The all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma, the most powerful Tacoma ever, is your chance to experience trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style. It's time to make your off-roading dreams come true. With the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, a truck that's tough on the trail and easy on the eyes, electrifying power, maximum torque, the all-new Toyota Tacoma is the most powerful Tacoma ever. Toyota, the official automotive partner of the NFL. The moments uh, and the themes that define the NFL season of 2023 and just like on Mondays, we will follow our script. So we'll go best and worst flight first. Okay. Best flight for me, Detroit Lions week one. You go on the road against the defending champs. You're down six in the fourth quarter. You win the game on a drive, nine plays, 75 yards, five minutes. And you build off of the season before's finish. You finish eight and two. You don't know what's coming next year, and and you have to go on the road in the tough spot on a Thursday. So you had a little bit of a, a little bit of a mini buy. The rooks account for a hundred yards of offense in Laporta and Jameer Gibbs, and it propels you to a division title, a playoff run. You're up seventeen in the NFC Championship game. I think they gained a lot from that Week One win in Kansas City. I'm going to double back to when I gave Jason Kelsey the worst flight after I figured he was probably hungover as fuck after the uh, the Buffalo game. He was having so much fun. He was like a kid in a candy store. He was grabbing people's kids. He was he wanted to. Kylie said he wanted to jump through tables. Like he was he was unhinged. And I just figured the next day was really rough. But I didn't think about the fact that he was probably hopping on Taylor Swift's PJ, mm. and it was a short flight. And in his mind, he's kind of in that that if I had to guess, I mean, he hasn't announced anything. He's kind of in that that mode where he's like, I'm retired. You know, when you know you're probably going to retire, that's like the best couple months of your life. You're like, this thing that I've been wondering about, what it's like not to be a football player. You talk about taking a piss before the Super Bowl and being like, what's this like? Is this my last piss as a loser? Uh, you take a leak your last day in the NFL and you're like, it's never going to be the same. I I'm never going to put a helmet on again. Like, I've been putting a helmet on my entire life as uncomfortable as everything I do on a day-to-day -day basis is, I can't do it anymore. And uh, and it's just a big life event. And you think like, when you play, you wonder what it's like for everybody else. And the first couple months, you're like, I'm gonna live my life. And I'll never forget Rob Ninkovich said this. I was like six months out and I was like, hey Rob, I don't know what people are talking about this retirement thing, this whole CTE thing. Like, I'm great. I'm having the best time of my life, dude. This is like, I'm in the prime of my life. And he was like, wait till three years from now when that's worn off and you're sitting at home and you can't play football 
and all your friends have jobs that they've been they've been working at for 10 to 15 years and you got to start over and the buzz the buzz is gone and and you're not the hot commodity you were the first guy i'm like jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i just saying i'm doing good (laughs) but it's true (laughs) you know like three years later life is good but it's you look back at your career and you're like it's never going to be the same i can't replace that and so i think jason being in that position the honeymoon phase of maybe retirement i'm giving him best flight okay i like it Worst flight, I'll go Detroit Lions, week 21. Yeah, that's a bad one. I mean, what else need be said? You're up 17. It it, it looks like it's going very well at halftime, and um, it doesn't end so hot. It does not end hot. Now, I don't have a worst flight. I have here written down Alaska Airlines flight with the door, but that was a, a football player, and they just found out that it was bolts. Just somebody didn't put the bolts on. Is that fucking crazy or what? Um Okay, let's go Bevel Conway and anti-Bevel Conway. All right. How much time you got? Because this was a sensational year in the in the Bevel universe. I give the gold medal to the Tennessee Titans as the Houston Oilers yeah. against the Houston Texans. Okay. I think those are the best throwbacks. Oh, the they're Oilers, beautiful. The Oilers. Uh, we also got Tampa. Silver medal to the Creamsicles. Yeah. Bronze medal to the Kelly Greens. Totally asinine. And I think uh, Pat Patriot and the Reds, white, red, white. That Dolphins game was gorgeous. Is terrific. In New England. So was the Miami game in Philly. When Miami wears their correct uniforms, they're hard to beat. And I, I, everybody went nuts for the Seahawks uniforms, and I think rightfully so, but they did screw up that collar where the collar stopped right at your – right at your chest bone here, and you had the the shield, yep. which is mandated, of course. Uh, but for me, it's it's seeing those Houston Oiler unis. Bevel Conway, I'm going to go off the board into college, and I'm going to go the Pop-Tart Bowl. Mm. Seeing that Pop-Tart pop out of that toaster was incredible. And I had just gotten done talking about how I hate these commercialized bowl games. Just give us a silver trophy, nothing corporate, Let's let's soak in the moment and not make it about the people who are cutting the checks. Now, counterpoint, the Pop-Tart Bowl. This guy climbed out of a toaster and they ate him. Yep. (laughs) By they just they just they it was like the movie um Alive, which they're remaking, where the people crash in the plane down in the Andes Mountains, they gotta eat each other. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the way that scene reminded me of. So I don't know why it's getting a Bevel Conway, but I loved what the Pop-Tart Bowl did. Now, do you recall who participated in the Pop-Tart Bowl? Air Force, possibly? Is that Pittsburgh? It's harder to find than you think on the internet. Uh, it's uh, K-State and NC State. Okay. Not even close. Yeah. So yeah, Those bowl games, they all run together. <laughs> it's just one big minus three units, plus two units, minus one unit, plus three units. Like you're just firing for a month straight and you come out like at zero. What do you, I mean, they obviously got a, another bowl has to one up that next year. So I don't you know what it's going to be. Coming down the pipeline. The Lockheed Martin Bowl could do – some incredible stuff. Pew pew. Just blow up the losing team. Mm-hmm. You know? High you want to talk about how to incentivize players to play well in bowl games? Just make them all the Lockheed Martin Bowl. Yeah. Lockheed Martin's got more money than God. They got more money than Pop Tarts. You want to talk about um, 
you know, Costa Rica and, and all these other countries, Lockheed, Lockheed Martin, they got more money than Taylor Swift. Okay. They could do whatever they wanted. Drone strike. FU money. Anti Bevel Conway. Who's the ACC commissioner? Um, it's Swafford. not, it's not John Swafford anymore. Well, imagine John Swafford out there. I want to present this, this trophy to the, the winning team, the NC state Wolfpack <laughs> drone strike. Jim, Lockheed Martin, Jim Phillips. Uh, okay. And, and now we reintroduce John Swafford. <laughs> Just got sued by the way. Did he? John Swafford. Yeah. Did he? ACC versus Florida state. Yeah. Uh, anti bevel for me. Uh, this Super Bowl, in part because we saw it within the last so few years, red. and there's so much red. Now there was, uh, it was posited by one Dave Damashek, the uniformant, that Kansas City, who has the choice of the jersey, would stick with the white jersey because they've been going on the yeah, road. White's been winning lately. Well, they picked red. Yeah. They want to. They want to be in their big reds. So the only way to save this, I think, is for San Fran to wear the throwbacks. The the gold helmet, the white with the drop shadow, and the white pants. Okay. Then it's then it's pleasing. If they go with the normal, I, we've just seen it. It's too much red. I we almost no had some you. really gorgeous Super Bowl. I know. I mean, there were they, you, you you were close to Bills and I don't know who else, but Bills Packers or something would have been electric. Chiefs Packers, Lions Chiefs. Why did the Chiefs get the pick? It switches every year. AFC pick this year. All right, so anti-Bevel Conway, I've got a couple written down here. Bradley Chubb's knee. Mm. That was disgusting. Um, The Jets fan whose tooth fell out Mm. on TV, that was gross Mm. and embarrassing. Um, And the Broncos defense against the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) I'm going to give it to um, the Jets fan whose tooth fell out. Okay, I mean, that was tough. That was really gross. I don't know if he found the tooth. I don't know if he put the tooth back in his mouth. You're now a fellow tooth guy though. I got a toothache. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of understand what that guy's dealing with. Last houses. I do want to shout out the New Orleans Saints for just having everything right there and and falling over your feet every single time. The 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 mismatched gold helmet with the gold pant, it'll match. Yeah, just wear the throwbacks. That trash black helmet with the fleur de leave all over the place. Awful. Hot garbage. Panthers went all black this year. Didn't work. A lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of no good. Okay, so we go fly on the wall. Okay, yeah, I can show you that. For fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, I mean it doesn't it doesn't match. Fly on the wall. I would I would love to have been uh, a fly inside the headset of Dan Campbell. Everybody's talking on those headsets. Yeah. When you um, the only thing you can't do is call that timeout against the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Thank you. You you had run the ball, okay, not a great call. Either run the field goal team out to kick it have or play. or have another play ready to if go. If you said burn the ships into the headset, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, it, right. So Usually I would I just love that saying, but in that situation, no. And I have a feeling for whatever reason that it wasn't Dan going rogue on a timeout. It's probably somebody upstairs being like timeout, timeout, timeout. Stupid. You, you just you like can't it. do it. I would love to have hear have heard the higher worst timeout than uh, C Web. No, no, C Web's timeout. I think that's probably the worst ever. Chance. Yeah, right. Worst timeout. And C Web's timeout. You're actually the guy calling the timeout. So there's a visual of you calling the timeout. 
incredulously like everybody else looking on like what the fuck is this guy doing yeah yeah i'll go what happened with the eagles you know what happened with the eagles like i have friends on that team i don't know i don't really know because i don't pry you know like in six months or maybe i'll see some of them at the super bowl i'll be like what the fuck happened you know um and maybe they'll tell me i i kind of know what happened but i i don't know the whole story and i'd just really be interested because yeah teams off a Super Bowl year, oftentimes struggle, but they don't usually start that hot out of the gate and then the whole thing fall out from, from under them. So there's that, and I think more than anything, TV executives, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, okay, and I'm talking about the people that were supposed to have him in five to seven primetime games. So you got Zach Wilson and all these people, you get the Simeon primetime spots. It was bad for business, and then for ESPN, you're Pat McAfee, you're walking into their office and you're like, hey, I wanna have Aaron Rodgers on again and we wanna have him on on ESPN, it's gonna be great. They're like, well, you know, like how much vaccine do you think you're gonna talk? Because like that that thing's getting, that's old hat. Um, yeah, probably like 2% might come up every now and again, not gonna talk about it much. Guys, Achilles explodes. And then we get like Alex Jones three days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I, you know, like, what did the ESPN people think? What did Pat, because it's just a hard job anyways. Pat's job is hard, and those spots are tough, even if the guy's playing. If he's not playing, like, you realize week one, I've got to fill all this airtime, and we got to talk about stuff that has nothing to do with football, and eventually that's where I think, you know, that whole thing wore on some people. You know but what that's like? It's like a long distance relationship. Yeah. If you talk on the phone enough, eventually yeah. it just turns bad. Like, and they were talking on the phone too much. It, 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 they didn't have a, they didn't have the thing that they were going to talk about to talk about. Right. They, exactly. There's nothing to talk so about. Then, nothing like, hey, what do we do last night? We want to see Godzilla minus one. Instead, they delved into human trafficking. Is that what they did? Well, the Epstein list. The Epstein yeah. list. The what, list. What was the thing with that? He that he was getting paid and people didn't like that. To be on the show that McAfee oh, was well, what was McAfee all that? McAfee got paid a lot. Okay. Well, and McAfee you know, broke off Aaron Rodgers a bunch of and money. Broke off Aaron a bunch of money, okay. and then there's people at ESPN that are like, "What the fuck?" Like people got fired for this segment. You know, I got no problem with Pat or Aaron. Like, you know, there's things about Aaron I don't I don't love, but um, I just think more than anything, it was a challenging job. Like, it's a challenging job for Pat. It's a tough position for the ESPN people, and it's also like. You know, they're 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 trying. The reason, if I understand it correctly, like first take was there, first take no longer there, trying to fill that spot, trying to trying to fill Sports Center spots. Like it was going to be hard to to equal that, even if Aaron was healthy. And then it was just like it's like your best player gets hurt the first game. It's basically like the ESPN was the Jets. Yeah, what I mean, you can only ask them how rehab's going so many times. So many times, like, right? Exactly. By the way, it was going really well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so best seat. Did you give your fly on the wall? You did. Mm -hmm. Yep. Best seat. I'm going to go Lovey Smith. The ultimate look what I did. You know, like he's watching football all season and he's like, look what I did. Look what I did for the Texans. And they hated me, but I'm right. And it worked out for them. And look what I did for the Bears. Like he gave this lasting gift for the Bears franchise and people in Chicago love him. A lot of people are like, why isn't Lovey still here coaching? You know, like Lovey, Lovey was a good coach. Well, he's helping the Bears from the grave. 
and he's helping Houston from the grave. Now he's not dead, but he's watching TV somewhere. And I just love to know what Lovey Smith is thinking. Like, this is me, you know, when do I get my due? Wonder if he's still bearded. I don't know. Bessie for me, the gal on the plane with the, with the bad pulse, she uh, happened to be a couple rows behind Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Diabetic Mark Andrews has his kit with him. Mm-hmm. What good luck. Yeah, it's really good luck. If, if Sure-handed guy with a kit. Yeah. A lot of other guys might might drop the ball, like Zay Flowers trying to run her back the kit, drops it, and it falls into Ooh, the toilet. Yeah. Out of the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what what uh, I don't know if we can do this here. Uh, your reaction to the Zay taunting. Fucking Josh Reynolds dropping the 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 you know the defibrillator that's good that's good uh d- my reaction to the zay taunting thing yeah yeah don't do it it was 100 percent. it was 100 percent taunting he, he did like the three things that he are did the, the three the taunting check marks you can't stand over the guy you can't like stand over the guy or push flex, him make eye contact while you're spin the ball they could have gave him three penalties it was it was unbelievable but the chiefs won because of the refs um <clears throat> okay so i'll go worst seat Running backs, watching this all unfold this year. You had, you know, tags for Pollard, Jacobs, Barkley. You know, even the deal that that uh, Jonathan Taylor got was not like a deal that's going to advance the ball for them. And Austin Eckler, who spent the whole offseason talking about the running back position, it was like, okay, you're up, like prove it. That didn't work out. And I'm not saying this is his fault all all altogether, but you know, this was a big year for running backs, and I don't feel like it got proved out anymore. Um, look at Baltimore, okay? Baltimore, no star running backs. Okay, Kansas City. And I don't mean rounder. I don't mean I don't mean like they found they found production from Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, Gus Bradley. But they're not the guys. Edwards, Gus Bradley, Gus Edwards. They had Gus Bradley out there. He's supposed <laughs> to de- be, be a defensive coordinator. He's a between play the tackle sort of guy. At running back. And of course, their best running back gets hurt or like a major part of their operation early in the season, and they're still able to run the ball at a high clip. The Kansas City Chiefs found Pacheco late in the draft. Look at the other side. Um, you know, Detroit probably is the best case for paying running backs, or and 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 you know, Christian McCaffrey is is a, is maybe a great case for giving up a lot for running backs, but I, I would still argue that. The Niners are the only team that could have benefited to the degree that we'd be saying, hey, that was a winning move. Like, I, I think it, it's the last piece. And, you know, it's great if you get a running back on a rookie deal or if if it's the last piece and you want to pay one or trade for one. But it's pretty tough for most teams to justify opening up the checkbook for running backs. And that's just the state of the game. Yeah, there, there, I saw a, uh, I, it was an older running back. I forget who it was. It's off the top of my head, but he was talking about how the running backs now and even a few years ago have kind of caused this as far as they are the ones that are degrading the position. You're victim blaming. They're, 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 (laughs) no, they're, they're saying, Hey, come get me. I, you know, asking for too many plays out instead of saying I'm in, I'm staying, I'm not doing this third down back thing. Like, Trying to be, if you could be a, an every down back and you had some control over your development, or you you could say, I'm going to be persistent about being on the field every down, it's catch 22, right? Because your your career might shorten. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do it and you prove your value that way, you are more valuable. But the, the truth is most 
most offenses now are looking for a change of pace. Yeah. It, and so you got to pay the whole room, you know? He would, they were saying how they almost allowed this running back by committee thing. Yeah, and they it, have. They've been, they've been willing participants in it. But I also don't think at times they have a lot of choice because this is the way people are going is you got to have with the, with the advent of, you know, the modern passing NFL – and the, the fact that you need pass catching running backs, like, and pass catching running backs aren't aren't always the guys that you can just give the ball to between the tackles, twenty five times a game. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 pass out of the backfield is way more than it ever has been. And yeah. if not just out of the backfield, but splitting, splitting gives out wide out, exactly. and 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 you know making guys positionless. Yep. You know the positionless nature of, you know, look at San Francisco. You can play those guys all over the place. And so I think that's of bigger value to guys, you know, than playing running back is saying not just, you know, if you're a third down back or first and second down back, that's fine. But if you can find a way to be the guy that they can split out in the slot, get matchups on, you know, do more than just play running back, then you are really invaluable. Or if you can block the hell out of people like a guy, I'd like to give the running back of the year award to Kyron Williams. Yes. Who was a revelation, fifth round pick. And in four years, LA probably tries to find another guy in the fifth round. That's the way this is going. Yep. You don't need to pay the yep. stud back. But Kyron, especially for a quarterback who isn't mobile, was a godsend for those guys. No question. Look at the AFC championship like Justice Hill. I said this, he was really good for him. And that was a mismatch that you know they could have taken advantage of in the passing game because of Willie Gay being down a little bit of a speed deficit, but Spags turned it into a mismatch for them because of protection. Yep, yep. Uh, Worst seat. Yeah, who you got? Uh, the empty chair that should have been occupied by Jonathan Kraft at the Gerard Mayo presser. Now this is a Bill Simmons take, but a little bit succession-y is their discord with Robert Kraft hmm. and owner-in-waiting Jonathan. Hmm. It was a strange absence. Hmm. And the answer was, well, something else was going on with the I didn't company. even pick up on that. What yeah. else could be going on? I don't know. The 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 singles, the the the, the American cheese singles, there was a they were they were coming out double. Bill's a real fucking sleuth. Or, uh, you know, like he's on to something maybe here. I think I he know. might be. Um, okay, I'll go SDL Memorial Award. This is this is going to go to Tom Moore. Tom Moore, he could have maybe won the uh, the 35 and over award. He's 85, and he's going to be back again for year 46 um, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers staff. This guy was born in 1938, That's before awesome. Godzilla attacked Kinza. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know – his first job, when you look back at it, it's wild. The guy's first job was Iowa, 1961. Jesus. Wow. Had the color barrier been broken? Tom Moore didn't have to worry about that. No, he didn't. He was coaching at Iowa. <laughs> um, speaking of the players on the Iowa team at that point, and by the way, he lost a lot of them to the Vietnam War, I'm pretty sure. Like, you know, it's like it's hard to retain players when there's a war going on and everybody's eligible. Right, that's something coaches today don't have to deal with. You think NIL's tough for, you know, for the Vietnam War? Put Tom Moore in there. Yeah, these guys were getting drafted. If you were in college, you didn't get drafted. You didn't have though. to go if you got. Yeah, so never mind. He doesn't have that. Advantage. My dad got drafted in the CFL and he couldn't go because he would lose his citizenship. No way. Yeah, so he never ended up playing. 
Dark and no way. Yeah. So fuck all that. Tom Moore really didn't do anything special. I thought he had to deal with the recruiting and re-recruiting. But no, honestly, if you look back at that roster, they had a stud guard named Sherwin Arthur Dorson, who I think went on to play in the league. He was 6'1", 225. Set. Monster back then. So, like, Tom Moore has been around a long time. And don't let anybody forget that he's 85 years old and he is willingly continuing to, to live this lifestyle. I don't know if he has a family or if he has grandkids, maybe the hollow man is like his his kids. You know, I don't know. All the team issue gear over the years. Yeah, you're right. But also like you can't grandpa can't babysit because he's 85 and he wants to he wants to do a, an eight to eight at an NFL facility the rest of his life. He wow. is institutionalized. You know, in the you know, in uh, Shawshank where the guy's at the right. grocery store and he's just like I can't do this. Yeah. That's like Tom Moore if he tries to go to a Publix and he's yeah. not at the dining hall. He's like kill himself like Brooks. Brooks. Oh, I didn't say Brooks he was kill here. himself. You're right. He's not gonna kill himself like Brooks. But in this version of the shining, he just goes back to the yard, you know? Um so Tom Moore, congratulations on year forty six here. Interestingly, mine was also Tom Moore. No fucking no, 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 no. I love your answer. <laughs> Kyle's not here. Mine was Dexter Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> on a six and eleven team, mm-hmm. I know we know his name, but he was often the best player on the field. Jumped off the screen week in and week out. Seventeenth overall pick in twenty nineteen, six four three forty two, anchoring the interior of that New York Giants defensive line. Unfortunately, this year, balling in obscurity on a team that didn't win a whole lot. You know, of I want to mention Jeff Ulbrich. I want to mention Jeff Ulbricht, somebody who mentioned earlier. I mean, like, I talked to Hannah Gordon the other night. It was a very interesting conversation about, like, the coaching hiring process and all that stuff. And you heard Shane say that. When I asked him the question, I kind of wondered if he'd mentioned the summertime prep because that's a lot of it. But Jeff is the rare guy that I think teams could take a look at because if you look at his side of the ball, and I know he's not going to get a head coaching job this year, but they were terrific, and that's really hard to be that good with the compounding factors going on on offense that make complementary football tough, that puts your defense in tough positions. Jeff had a really nice year with that group, and so I would tip my cap to that entire group. It is so hard to deal with that. I've been there to be a good defense playing with an offense that is actually not even – they're not even like vanilla. They're not even average. They are hurting every side of the ball. And to watch that happen every week and for him to get his guys ready to play, right? To get his guys into a headspace where they're like, hey, fuck it. It does not matter what happens or how many times we have to get off the bench when you hear sudden change or watch Zach Wilson or Simeon stink it up. We're going to play with a lot of passion. And so I want to give him an STL memorial as well. I like that guy in Hard Knocks, which feels like about three and a half years ago at this point. Who are the worst? Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. He played. Yeah. He was, he was a dog. All right, so who are the worst teams in the NFL this year? Obviously, number one, Carolina Panthers. Um, the Pats. The Pats. Commanders. You've a couple people in this vein on the Pats. I mean, they had a couple high performers on defense. But I, I, I guess I would say Brian Burns, man. But also a hollow man situation for Brian Burns because he could have been worth like three first-rounders last year and been in L.A. this year. And who knows how much better they would have been with yeah. Brian Burns. So actually – Maybe we're all stupid because we laughed at the Rams, but I I don't think we are because you'd be up shit's creek if you gave up that many draft picks. You're just starting to get your draft picks back. Um, okay, Hollow Man. 
Uh, chalk. Kadarius Tony. Isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Kadarius Tony is going to be synonymous with the Hollow Man Award yeah. for years to come. That was one of the most embarrassing moments yeah. in regular season NFL history. We have awards named after people. And yeah. he's he's also not stopping, as you may have heard. He's contending that he's not injured at the moment. It's so interesting. And Andy Reid's having to say he's he's plenty injured. Well, he's in the entertainment business, which, you know, he's a rapper. Uh-huh. Uh Maybe he needs to You drafted Jalen Hyatt. I fuck Jose at the Hyatt. Yeah, that that's was good, isn't it? some of his yeah. bars. Um Brandon Staley gets a hollow man. Oh, yeah. Just an ultimate meltdown, man. Like, and again, I have said he's going to be a good coach again. But somebody probably called him that night after that press conference. It was like, buddy, as your friend, you cannot sound that way in that situation. I don't think you're ever going to be in this situation again. But golly, man, you know, like you take your medicine. Yeah. You you don't you don't try to argue your way out of a loss. Yeah. After a loss, after a loss, the very thing that made him attractive to people, I think in the hiring cycle was his steadfast belief in himself and his system. And that's the very thing that I think hurt him. And it's like with so many coaches, but the attitude on top of it was just Now, I don't think he's a bad guy. I've heard good things about him. My brother really likes him. I know Khalil Mack likes him. I know guys like the guy. So I will say this. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a good defensive coordinator again in the league. But that was a tough year. Lastly, Zay Flowers. Nobody catching the bouquet. Yeah. That was a tough scene uh, on Monday night in L.A. And a little foreshadowing because he dropped – uh the football at the goal line and uh and none of his teammates picked it up which was great for the under if we're being honest it sure was wasn't it yeah it was the key to four for four for me because that was good for the chiefs and the under yeah yeah i think you gotta give him a little bit i think he's gonna be great no no uh, hey the the taunting that's terrible and very that's a play where he's being aggressive trying to get the ball over I, that's just a tough it's one. just the perfect storm you had the terrible taunting penalty on the same drive you, you you dropped the ball at the goal line you know like i'm not saying drop you fumble the ball at the goal line i just want to say this i got nothing against say flowers i think he's going to be a hell of a player and seems like an awesome dude players fuck up too and he'll he'll be back i don't think he's the only reason they, they don't win that game i i i've said it before i think kansas city plays them and some people reacted so viscerally to this but I said Kansas City wins seven out of ten times. What evidence do you have from Baltimore's recent playoff resume says otherwise? Yeah. And it's not like seven's nine. Six is more than half the time. Seven is just one more than that. Zay don't, also don't bet against uh, Zags. Don't bet against Chiefs. Zay also went and uh uh slice his finger open on the sideline oh yeah yeah being angry yeah, about the yeah. the mistakes okay and lastly the game ball it's chris jones for me yeah before the year we didn't know what was up now the chiefs are in the super bowl after a 10 and a half sack year yeah guy's fucking important yeah no question season long game ball to chris jones i'm gonna give it to the game of football mm. because it is incredible to me that this product is so fucking viable when I have heard that half the country isn't watching it because of Taylor Swift, because she's a government psyop. 
and she works for the Obamas or something like that, and she hangs out at like pizza shops. This is the type of things I'm hearing now. So half the population doesn't like Taylor Swift because she's gonna endorse Joe Biden with Travis Kelsey at the half of the Super Bowl. I read that too. There is a Fox News clip that I played at the beginning of the, the pod the other day that is insane. It's like an SNL skit. Okay, so they overcome that. They overcome the Taylor Swift thing. Well, the NFL is popular because it's quarterback driven league. That league, there's never been more great quarterbacks than right now. Well, half of them fell apart. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it, it, they all they all got injured this year, and we had all this bad quarterback play. NFL overcomes that because ultimately it's a drama. It's it's a TV show. It's not the NFL is not just about the quality of play on the field. The quality of play is incredible. Some people prefer college football. Just don't tell me it's because of the quality of play. It's like being an NCAA basketball player, NCAA fan over NBA fan. Um, it The quality of play was markedly worse, but people still love to watch the NFL because it is like a soap opera and a reality TV show rolled up into one. And quarterback injuries, while they're terrible for the game and scoring – and watchability, there is a draw to like, what the fuck is gonna happen when this guy takes the field? When a backup shooting guard takes the the court in the NBA, it's like, all right, well, like somebody's gonna get a lot more touches and you know, like whatever. But when when the guy that has been sitting there cold the entire year CJ Beathard has to touch the ball every play. Iowa. That's fucking crazy. You know, like in baseball, pitchers struggling, they got a bunch of them in the bullpen. There is one guy, and the NFL was able to able to overcome that week after week. And also, the gambling stuff, the gambling stuff. The NFL overcame that. They they have quietly hold on to your hats. We're sticking the landing on integrating gambling into the NFL. It is a lot of the reason why it's so viable. It is a safety net. Um, it could also damage the enjoyment that people have for watching the game. But they're not going to stop watching the game especially when you're hooked into the gambling. And then on top of that, the refereeing. There was a lot of refereeing issues this year. I mean, it was like the refs are center stage every fucking year, it feels like, and the NFL is bulletproof. All these factors did not hurt the NFL. So I'll give the, the game ball to the game of football, which is the most perfectly crafted sport of all time in the world, maybe next to high lie. Wasn't alive for those real bloodthirsty high lie games back in the inca days but those motherfuckers down there were i mean they were playing for keeps now the nfl it's right there with yeah my life yeah me. yeah here's to you football yep